0: Today on Colorado Outdoors, we're talking CWD, chronic wasting disease. Many of us have general knowledge of CWD. We know that it's something that deer get, and obviously we know it's not good for them. But that's about where our knowledge ends. Let's find out more about chronic wasting disease, its history, what's been done in the past, what it is exactly, and where management is headed in the future. You're listening to Colorado Outdoors, the podcast for Colorado Parks and Wildlife. I'm your host, Mark Johnson. The podcast is powered by Great Outdoors Colorado. GoCo invests a portion of Colorado Lottery proceeds to help preserve and enhance the state's parks, trails, wildlife, rivers, and open spaces. Its independent board awards competitive grants to local governments and land trusts, and makes investments through Colorado Parks and Wildlife. Created when voters approved a constitutional amendment back in 1992, GoCo has committed more than $1.2 billion in lottery proceeds to more than 5,200 projects in all 64 counties without any tax dollar support. Joining us today is Dr. Mike Miller, Senior Wildlife Veterinarian for CBW. Dr. Miller, great to have you on Colorado Outdoors. To begin with, got to give us the broad strokes of what exactly chronic wasting disease is.
1: Sure. Um, in in the generalist term, chronic wasting disease is one of a thankfully small group of diseases called prion diseases. Um, those are sort of unique in the realm of biology in that the uh, agent that causes them uh, appears to be just a, a snippet of protein, um, and that protein is somehow able to get into a, a host and, and replicate itself, uh, and in doing that, it, uh, it accumulates in the animal's body in different tissues and causes uh, damage in the course of accumulation, and eventually that cumulative effect leads to the animal dying. Um, and like I say, thankfully, there's a small group of these diseases. Chronic wasting disease is a is a deer a disease of, of species in the deer family. Uh, but there are some other similar diseases. There's a disease called scrapie that's been recognized for several hundred years. That's a, a prion disease of sheep and goats. Um, we also have the one that most people are familiar with in animals called bovine spongiform encephalopathy, which I only say once in any. In the interview. Um, it's BSE, or most most people recognize that commonly as, as mad cow disease. Um, and then there are several of the of, uh, different prion diseases that actually affect humans, including uh, BSE when it spills over uh, occasionally into people. Um, so it's a small group of diseases, um, they're relatively rare, uh, except
0: So is this passed on in the in the deer families? it passed on through, through feeding, through water sources? How exactly does it move amongst the herds? All of the above. Okay.
1: uh, immune system, the lymphatic system. And as it does that, it it also finds ways out of In fact, an infected animal is in an area uh, some of those prions can remain in the in the environment and can be picked up by an animal that comes along later. Hmm. That's one of the reasons that we really 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 uh, discourage and in fact uh, it's against the law in Colorado for people to feed uh, big game animals. We sure. simply don't allow it and one of the reasons for that is that that anything that allows animals to or causes animals to come into contact with one another unnaturally or causes animals to come back to the same place on the landscape day after day after day in areas where we have chronic weight disease. That's a really good way to help uh, foster its
0: transmission. Dr. Miller, I know you've been uh, this has been a topic you've been interested in and researching since uh, back into the 1990s. I'm wondering from from a hunting standpoint, w- when we're out and we might be big game hunting and looking for deer, I- is there something we can identify if we do? Is there danger to humans if uh, we, you know, process the meat and eat it when they've got chronic wasting disease? How, how does that all come into play?
1: Sure. I mean, one one of the the challenges with with trying to manage this disease and and really trying to communicate to our, our hunting public and the public in general about it is that it's it's pretty insidious. Um, the, the, the the infection actually takes place over a, a, a long period of time as, as diseases go. Um, you know, an animal that's infected, on average, will probably live a couple of years before it reaches the end stages, the, the fatal stages. Uh-huh. Um, and, and so, in in the field. Um, it's it's actually fairly rare to see a a clinically affected animal. It's probably fairly common in some places to see an infected animal, but most of those animals aren't recognizable. Sure. It's really handy if they changed color, or you know, lost all their hair, or something like. are potentially uh, indicators that uh based on, on you know everything we know to date. But the, the standard So there's going to be uh, a, a problem. Um, so it's it's an experiment best avoided, I guess I, I should add, though. So uh, Help us not, you know, you don't want to be the first, I guess. Is
0: what <laughs> I exactly right. I understand in 2018 there was a, a CWD advisory group uh, that was formed for a statewide response plan. Can, kind of take us to that point and what the focus of that group has been over the last two and a half, three years.
1: Well, the, the group actually met uh, a number of times. During 2018, I, I was not part of the uh, advisory group. It was about uh, half, or maybe a little more than half, uh, citizens from around the state, and then half uh, agency staff. And then I was uh, one of the technical advisors on the for the group. And that, that group was convened uh, <clears throat> at the behest of the commission to uh, to help Colorado Parks and Wildlife think about equation. several years of of us uh, as an agency getting a better handle on chronic waste hundred or or thereabouts uh harvested bucks was infected okay um when we looked in twenty seventeen about one out of every six uh five or six bucks was infected wow so yeah uh exactly uh and and a, a very similar story for bear's ears, which is another one of our largest uh mule deer herds, uh, which sits just immediately north of the White River. And so we 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 realized uh thanks to you know, revamping and and uh you know, restarting uh a, a, a more comprehensive monitoring program statewide, we realized that we had a much more significant problem than Compels them to think about and do something about the disease once it gets to a point where, if it gets much worse, it's going to start having uh, biological consequences for the deer and elk herds that they're responsible for managing. Sure. So it.
0: You just mentioned elk as well uh, in your explanation there, and, and I know they're initiating mandatory elk testing. So you, you might understand that this is this is moving into the elk population as well here in Colorado. It's it's been an elk uh, pretty much all along. Oh, it has. Okay.
1: yeah I own And we drifted from about 2010 to about 2014, 15. We really weren't paying very close attention to this at all. Mm. And then we started seeing, you know, in some of these deer herds, uh, cases cropping up more than we expected them to. And that's when we got back into mandatory surveillance in 2017. But what what the management response plan calls for Colorado Parks and Wildlife to do is to revisit herds every few years to check on on what's going on and in places where we're actively trying to manage to lower those those prevalence rates um, that gives us a, a, a fairly regular check-in to say okay are we you know are we making some progress here or do we need to do things a little bit different in areas where we Know with you know some reasonable certainty certainly better than we had before 2017. We have a, a good idea
0: of the picture of chronic wasting disease statewide in deer. You know, I'm we thinking don't have that in elk, and so that's what we're doing next year.
1: Is is taking a quick check in in elk, and and one of the things we're we're trying to learn next year is whether this relationship between deer and elk holds such that. Oh, we can be assured that if prevalence is below a certain, a certain rate in deer, that we really don't need to worry about it all that much in elk. Um, and, and that might help us, you know, make things a little bit more efficient moving forward. But, yeah, the elk, it's, it's not that it's any kind of a, of a concern statewide with things changing. Commissioned officer, but uh, but we we're only getting about half of the hunters.
0: I'm, I'm listening to the, the plan and, and kind of the work that's being done CPW, and it sounds like there's a, a great game plan in place, and you folks are doing some great work, but CPW and the state of Colorado do not live in a bubble, and I'm wondering, I've always wondered why there aren't different, uh, shall we say, rules in, in about transporting animals across state line. Uh, w- would it help, do you think, if there was really a unified uh, front, uh, you know, through a conglomeration of, of many of the states here in the region kind of helping with this? Well, there there is some
1: coordination, uh, and, and and actually anybody that's wanting to look at the at the differences in uh, in regulations around the the country, I think it's the Michigan Department of Natural Resources that has a really nice repository of all the different regulations around, uh, and um, and the CWD Alliance website is another good. Source of information, but okay. the difficulty. So, so in terms of of moving things around, um, there are there are the disease can move itself around in, in live animals, and and that can be done um, either naturally. So animals migrating from one. Place Um, And then there are hypothetically To happen clearly, there's some places where one could, you know, make up a good story about that being how the disease
0: has spread. But sure. if you have any imagination at all, you can usually come up with at least two good stories to explain any uh, new revelation of chronic wasting disease. In
1: fact, you know, it's sort of a <clears throat> handy way to. Drum up our money. I, you know, I I won lots of bets so on being able to come up with at least two good explanations that are are you know neither one can either be completely proven or uh, or disproven. So um, anyway, so it, it, so back to your to your question about that's kind of a long way around uh, a short answer, which is yeah, I think it would be good to have some regional discussion, and, and we do that on a regular basis, but. Of having a set of uniform rules, um, I'm not sure that we would be able to or willing to agree with all of them. If the rule was a state with chronic wasting disease shouldn't export carcasses at all, period, into discussion, How, are we going to sign on to that? I kind of doubt it. Yeah. Um, because non resident hunting is sort of an important part of our uh, uh, financial and, and management uh, approach in Colorado really what we'd be talking about. And, uh, you know, we would also need to then, if we really thought carcass movement was a huge uh, contribution to the overall problem, uh, what about moving carcasses within state from places
0: where the disease is prevalent to places where it's not so prevalent?
1: Sure. So, I mean, these kinds of things actually have been discussed uh, off and on for a long time, over the last 20-ish years. Uh, and the reason maybe there aren't more you know, e- uniform things than, than one might think there should be is, is because some of those answers really aren't as simple when you get down into the weeds as they seem like they might be on the surface.
0: Well, it's an interesting topic and certainly one that has a great effect on the wildlife landscape here in the state of Colorado. Dr. Miller, it's been a great conversation. We really appreciate your time.
1: Certainly. Anytime. Uh, happy
0: to visit again. Well, great stuff from Dr. Mike Miller, Senior Wildlife Veterinarian for CPW on Chronic Wasting Disease, a topic that is of interest to hunters and conservationists alike here in the state of Colorado. Remember, for anything and everything pertaining to Colorado Parks and Wildlife, go to our website at cpw.state.co.us. Thanks for joining us on Colorado Outdoors, powered by Great Outdoors Colorado. I'm your host, Mark Johnson. Until next time, get out and enjoy the great outdoors in our beautiful state of Colorado. Colorado Parks and Wildlife is a nationally recognized leader in conservation, outdoor recreation, and wildlife management. The agency manages 42 state parks, 960-plus species of wildlife in Colorado, more than 350 state wildlife areas, and a host of recreational programs from hunting and fishing to the state's trails program, boat registration, snowmobiles, off-highway vehicles, and more. All of its management is in perpetuity for the enjoyment of Coloradans and its visitors.